Welcome to Huddle Home Office. I'm Mark Legere. And I'm Trevor Nichols. Hello, Trevor Nichols. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Mark Legere. And uh, I'm going to preempt you here because I know you always love to know about the weather. It's uh, beautiful and sunny here in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> you always know that I want to go, go to the weather right away. <laughs> it's, it's that maritime or small talk thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And I, I know you'd be interested. So I was uh, taking notes beforehand just so I could give you a, a full report. <laughs> I, I, I promise to become more interesting with my small talk. I realize I dive right into the weather. And just to let you know, it's like, it's kind of drizzly and foggy here. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in that kind of mood this morning. So I'm going to, I'm going to count on you to give me a lift today, Trevor. All right. I'll bring my, my beautiful, shining, sunny personality to this intro. <laughs> like you always do. Yes, of course. <laughs> Um, well, today we're, uh, we're going to, we're having a conversation. Uh, it's kind of a continued, continued conversation, uh, Trevor, that we've actually been having since the, the, you know, the very first episode of the podcast when we interviewed uh, Marcel Lebrun and, uh, and, and David Alston, uh, two tech entrepreneurs and, uh, and, and also, uh, thought leaders, I'd say in New Brunswick and, and Atlanta, Canada. And that very first podcast, uh, was centered around, you know, their proposal at the time, because we hadn't opened up either the Nova Scotia or the New Brunswick economy, their, their plan to, to open it up because they were getting a little bit in, impatient um, with, uh, with the lockdown and, and felt like the caseload was low enough in New Brunswick, at least, that we could start opening things up. And so we had had that very first uh, conversation with uh, David and Marcel uh, in that very first episode back in, back in April. Uh, since then, you know, it's obviously been a, a common theme, uh, Trevor talking about the slow opening of the economy in both provinces. And we had, uh, Don Mills, uh, in his own inimitable style, come on one of our earlier podcasts. And, you know, he was looking at New Brunswick and he was seeing us open up and, uh, he wanted to see Nova Scotia open up as well as, as the caseload there, uh, came down and, and, you know, he's very early on pushed the, uh, the concept of the Atlantic bubble. Uh, which you know we eventually created, and you know that brings us uh, to today, Trevor, because uh, I had a chat with uh, with uh, Patrick Sullivan, the CEO of the uh, the Halifax Chamber of Commerce, uh, this week, and uh, and you know and, and Patrick's looking to push things open just you know a little bit more, uh, you know, as as Nova Scotia's caseload, I think, you know, at the time we're recording this was the active caseload was down to two. Um, so it was very low and, uh, but you know, Patrick and, and I know you probably share this, they're starting to see the signs of stress, uh, especially in, in the downtown Halifax economy. Cause I, and I gather you're probably seeing that on, on your end too. Yeah. I think, uh, there's a lot of business owners who are eagerly, eagerly awaiting when we might be able to sort of expand beyond our Atlantic bubble for sure. And, and, and as you say, in downtown Halifax, we really notice this. This is a huge concern for our, our businesses here. They're looking at, you know, the office workers who aren't coming back to downtown and they're looking at their lunchtime crowd and thinking, how are we going to make it through the winter without some additional people coming on in? Right. And especially with, you know, the patio season coming to an end, it sounds like, you know, you have a nice day in Halifax today. There's probably going to be people out at the patios, uh, but um, but that's coming to a close, right? Absolutely. You, you know, we've got, we've got to patios with heaters. We've got restaurants with blankets out on their patios, but it's going to get a lot colder, a lot faster. And we can only, we can only sit under heaters on patios for so long, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we, well, we hit that, you know, I, I, you know, me and the other subject I like to harp on Trevor is St. John. We had the heaters out in August. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> I tease. <laughs> it's during the foggy days, you know? It's like it does the sun does shine here. It does shine. Yeah, I'm um, sure. <laughs> for that for that blessed 30 minutes every month. <laughs> Well, tell me, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about your own, your own patterns. Um, I talk about my own and my, you know, the conversation with Patrick and, and, and he shares, you know, sort of his patterns, uh, you know, kind of slowly re-entering and getting back into the office and going to the restaurants. Um, tell me a little bit about your, your own life right now. Are, are you getting out to the restaurants right now? Yeah, uh, actually, my wife and I, we, we usually go out a couple times a month to eat somewhere and we have been going out to restaurants. Um, it can be a, a very surreal experience, you know. Uh, I, I think like many people, uh, was sort of desperate to kind of get back to that sense of normalcy, going out to dinner, going to the movie theater and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you kind of get some of that, but it is still this very surreal experience of of wearing your mask and social distancing and, you know, servers running around constantly sanitizing tables and all this kind of stuff. Um, and as much as I know there's lots of people who do want to get out, and eat in the restaurants and go shopping, you know, you sit in a, what's normally a pretty busy restaurant on a Friday night and we're still, you know, they're not that full. There's not a ton of people out there right now. Yeah. And with your own like friends and, and people that you connect with, how, how are they feeling about it? I think, I think people are, are cautious. Um, I, I know some people who, you know, don't really want to go out at all. They they don't feel safe. They're like, I, I want to keep waiting. I, I, I don't want to go out. I don't feel safe. And there's others who are, you know, trying to go out and do as much as they can, you know, eat out a couple times a week. Uh, I, I think it's a mixed bag. But I mean, if even if you look at, you know, surveys of like all of Atlantic Canadians and stuff, people, I think, are still generally pretty cautious. You know, there's something like 40% to 50% of Atlantic Canadians still aren't super comfortable going out. So I think, I think it really depends on the person. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we did talk about that in the interview, Patrick and I, um, and it's something you and I have talked a lot about too, where, you know, you can loosen the restrictions, uh, you know, but are who, you know, who's, who's ready for it. Um, and in some ways the tone has been set by the government, um, putting really, you know, for understandable reasons, uh, putting tight restrictions in place, we've all kind of grown comfortable with that. So we're now just trying to like stretch out our legs, so to speak, and get out again. <laughs> Uh, and, and you're also, I know you, it took you longer uh, because um, you're a quote workplace. And I say workplace because it's, it's Volta, a co-working space in downtown Halifax. You know, it took longer to open than say our offices here in St. John. So we were back in the office earlier than you. How are you feeling being back at uh, Volta? Yeah, you know, um, I was so excited to stop working from home and go out to be in a, you know, quote unquote office again. But but I have to say it was it was kind of like a, a rough start going back to Volta. They had initially opened under pretty strict uh, safety conditions. So, you know, you couldn't eat in there. You couldn't have visitors, you, you know, like very strict cleaning regimens and all that. Uh, and, and it was it was pretty tough. They've since loosened the restrictions. So it's a little bit better. But uh, it's still a barrier for sure. You know, I go because I really like it there and I really like being out of the house. But I think uh, someone who is a little bit more comfortable working from home, I can see why they would choose to to maybe stay home and, and not go into an office. And I, I know from our many uh, Microsoft team meetings, um, you know, I... I, I know that you were you were ready to get out of the apartment. The, you know the, the the cat walking across uh, your desk, and uh, 
you know, across our screen. We saw that on several occasions. So yes, I'm so I sorry. You guys you, saw my cat's butt so many times. <laughs> you, you and the cat needed a break from each other for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And well, and one of the other things that that interests me about all of this, Trevor, too, is also the social side of this because we've had these conversations about. Um, you know, the benefits of working from home and, and the co- potential cost savings for companies if they actually start to move in this direction um, and people getting comfortable, uh, you know, with the Zoom style, Microsoft t- Teams style meetings. Um, but one of the things that I'm really missing, and I say this as a person who's introverted, introverted in a lot of ways in my life, I'm happy to get out there and see people again. And mm-hmm. on that note, you're going to see me next week because I'm coming over for the the Halifax Chamber uh, golf tournament, and uh, I promised Patrick uh, that uh, our huddle team would not hold people up too much uh, by playing through too slow. So I hope uh, I hope you've got your game uh, game ready. Well, uh, my game, such a, as it is, Mark is is pretty abysmal. I am hoping that they have some sort of trophy or prize for the worst team at the tournament because I think we are a shoe in for that one. I definitely are, but I know we're going to have a lot of fun being able to at least get out and, and, and circulate. And I know that's one of the, the things that the Chamber emphasized about this tournament is it gives us all a chance to get out in the fresh air and see each other again. Yeah, and it's it's going to feel like you know a real networking event like we might have been to before COVID happened, right? We're going to be outside. There's going to be you know in-person stuff happening. I mean, it'll be social distance, of course, but it'll at least be a little bit of that somewhat more normalcy I think we're all craving. I think I've heard the term Zoom fatigue about 20 times this week alone. So Definitely. And I was actually chatting with a Halifax friend uh, the other day um, and journalist. And, uh, you know, we were actually joking that we're actually missing the rubber chicken dinners. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Well, all right, Trevor. Well, let's uh, let's get to that conversation with Patrick. Absolutely. Can't wait. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Mark. Very nice to talk to you. Yeah, good to chat with you as well. Yeah. So tell me, uh, where are you right now in, in Halifax? Are you downtown at your office? Well, no, our office, I am at my office, but our offices are not downtown. They're in the Burnside Industrial Park um, in uh, in Dartmouth. Uh, greater Halifax area, and we've been back at the office since roughly June 1st. And tell me, what, what's it like in Halifax today? Uh, well, it's a lovely sunny day, uh, as it is every day in Halifax. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm of probably uh, misleading you a little bit there, but uh, no, it's a nice sunny day. And, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to see traffic again. There was actually traffic on the way into the office this morning, which I think that's the first time I've seen traffic in the morning. Um, we're still, you know, a little empty downtown, but uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. And, um, you know, certainly things are perking up um, as we have effectively, you know, zero cases in uh, in Nova Scotia uh, as you, um, well, you're close in, uh, in New Brunswick. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's funny. I, I'm thinking, um, uh, hearing you, hearing you say almost, uh, uh, you know, happily that the traffic is returning. I, I can't believe we're at that point where uh, we'd actually want to see traffic because pre-COVID, uh, that was something we complained a lot about. It, it was, and I must admit, I, uh, you know, really did enjoy not having, uh, not having any traffic. Uh, but uh, I think as an indicator uh, for uh, activity in the city, traffic is a pretty good proxy. Uh, it, was, uh, it was funny, though, you know, I'm in Burnside uh, and uh, speaking to folks who actually manage the, um, the billboard uh, companies in the area. 
they were saying they measure traffic. And uh, I think Burnside didn't really go down much below sort of 70% of what their normal traffic was, even at the height of the pandemic, while our downtown was down to sort of 15 or 20% of, uh, of normal traffic. Right. That's interesting. Um, it, 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 the St. John comparison, cause actually we don't like we have, I, I'm always teased by a, a good friend of mine who's from Toronto when I talk about, uh, traffic and, uh, and, and she always says, this is, this is not traffic. Um, and, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Cause we're always talking about, well, you got to live downtown because you know, then you get away from the, the, the traffic from the suburbs and she just shakes her head at me. Um, <laughs> it's a little more pronounced in obviously in Halifax and would be in like a smaller city like St. John, uh, the thing here in St. John and, and you, you would experience it there too, is, is we, we, uh, we like to complain about all the, uh, the glut of, of, uh, cruise ship tourists in the summer in the city market and on the streets. That's our, our, our complaint. And then, <laughs> then we remind ourselves that it's really nice to have, you know, right. outsiders wandering around our downtowns and, and, and bumping into us. And, and I know the same would be true for Halifax. We've, uh, both been missing that, that cruise ship traffic this summer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sadly for many of the, uh, the retailers and restaurants downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And with Burnside, it's funny because when I, um, I lived in Halifax, uh, as a university student, and then I started my work, my work life, uh, out in, uh, Halifax before I returned to St. John. And, and I used to work at the old, uh, the, the daily news when it was out in Burnside. So I have fond memories of, of crossing that, that bridge to work. Oh, yes, yes. I used to know some of those folks that worked in the Daily News. And then I think they moved downtown in Halifax, I think, for a little while. They did, yes. I think before yeah. before the paper closed, they I think right. they moved over to Halifax. They're sorry, over to the Halifax side. Um, but I suspect that area has grown tremendously in, in, in the last 30 years. Oh, it certainly has. I mean, there's now, you know, the large big box stores uh, that you would kind of expect, uh, the Costco's. And, uh, and most recently, the big news was in Ikea. Uh, coming to town, which is a bit of a draw, actually, for uh, all of the uh, the maritime provinces, at least. Uh, so uh, folks are, are coming from all over to uh, to visit uh, visit the IKEA. Um, although, you know, like many businesses, uh, still limiting entry and uh, uh, you know lineups and and those kinds of things to actually get in store. I'm curious before we, I'd like to sort of start discussing some of those uh, issues around around the reopenings and and you know whether we're moving fast enough and loosening restrictions. But I'm curious about why the uh, the traffic would be heavier on the on the Burnside sort of Dartmouth side than uh, than in downtown Halifax. Did that area kind of remain more more active, and did it have something to do with uh, it being a little bit more spread out and less congested than downtown? Well, I think a little more to do with the fact that it's a little more industrial. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, you, you can't work from home uh, when you're working in a plant uh, or a facility where you're putting things together. So I think, uh, I think that was the primary cause. Uh, and in addition, we have that large number of big box stores. So the Costco's and uh, the Canadian Tires and the Home Depot's um, are all um, at the top of Burnside as well. So that probably increased the traffic. But I think it was primarily... You know, uh, facing me, there's a company that does auto part supplies um, that ships a container every single day off to Toyota and General Motors and Ford. Um, so, you know, they they didn't leave the office or the, leave the office. They didn't leave the plant, uh, obviously, even in uh, in April and May. Um, and there was never a, a prohibition uh, against being in the office. 
uh, or in your facility, um, so long as you could maintain physical distancing, at least in Nova Scotia. Uh, so many, many of those facilities needed to remain open to uh, to actually get uh, get their work done. So I think that's what the traffic was uh, was that group of employees sort of returning every day to work. And, and turning the conversation to downtown, I, like I imagine you're you're having the same issues that that we'd be having in in the New Brunswick cities, like like St. John, Fredericton, and Moncton, where you I mean I uh, our offices in Uptown St. John because um, our our downtown is Uptown, uh, and uh, you know I still go out on the streets during the day, and and I you know it just through through walking the streets can see and walking through the the mall areas and the in the uptown area that you know people are not returning to the offices en masse and i was talking to somebody the other day about uh you know one of the large office buildings here in 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 the city that's like probably 20 percent full um and so is that what you're experiencing in halifax right now is just that people are still working from home yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, government primarily uh, are uh, have the choice uh, at this point to uh, to work from home. Um, uh, I would say there are large offices in uh, in Halifax um, who have said to us it's difficult to return to the office and ensure the physical distancing that public health is mandating, which is two meters of physical distancing. It's difficult to have that two meters in an elevator. So if you have an office tower, uh, you know, you're often, the rule is you can only put two people in that elevator. Um, so many of those things are keeping people at home. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it, I won't say it's a ghost town, uh, but uh, you know, we, our, our expectation is there's only 20 or 25% uh, of, uh, of the offices are full uh, in, uh, in downtown Halifax. Um, and, you know, folks are returning, you know, I spoke to one large employer, uh, who has hundreds, if not thousands of employees downtown, and their plan is to begin to return to work in a staged way, uh, on, uh, actually it was last, uh, last week or on early this week on the 28th. Uh, so they're returning to work, uh, but they have said that they don't, do not expect to get any more than 50% of their staff into the offices, given the, uh, the current requirements for, uh, that, that public health is mandated. How do you feel about starting to, to loosen some of those restrictions in the offices, our, our office buildings? Are you, are you sympathetic to the need for those, uh, that phys- continued physical distancing? Or do you think we're at a stage where the active cases are low enough and the risk is low enough that we should start loosening up a little bit. Well, I think I think you do have to start with the cases uh, and the uh, the numbers in in Atlantic Canada um, or in you know in Nova Scotia. In my case, uh, you know I I do the numbers every day, so I keep very close track of what's happening in, in every province of Canada. Um, and you know the Atlantic provinces are unique. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Uh, you know we. We've got uh, two cases as of today. There are two cases in Nova Scotia. Actually, there's two cases in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, sorry, Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, and PEI in each of those locations, and six cases in, uh, in New Brunswick, down slightly from seven, I think. Uh, you know, we're in a very different place than the 4,919 active cases in Ontario. Although, you know, I always like to clarify this, when you look at it on a per 100,000 basis, we're still very low uh, with you know, New Brunswick at less than one case per 100,000 people. 
even Ontario is 33 cases per 100,000 people. So, you know, it's still, it's a big number at almost 5,000. It's a big number at 33 per 100,000. But, you know, we're nowhere close to places like the United States where there are literally cases in the hundreds um, in some of these uh, some of these states per 100,000. So when you start to think, okay, you know, we're in a special, unique place in Atlantic Canada. There does not seem to be in Atlantic Canada community spread at this time. Um, it can change, but clearly right now we don't have community spread. In some provinces, like Nova Scotia, um, there is a mandate to wear masks in public spaces. Um, I know in New Brunswick, that is not a prov province-wide mandate, but I know it's now policy in Moncton. I'm unsure about St. John. You'd have to tell me whether St. John is a mandate. Um, but, uh, but certainly, you know, PEI, it's not, it's not mandated. So we do have this, you know, clear direction in Nova Scotia to, uh, to wear masks, which I think is a positive thing. Let's wear masks. Um, so low cases in Nova Scotia, um, quarantine, uh, from the rest of Canada and of course, internationally of 14 days. So we seem to be and have seen to, for the last number of months, caught the new cases as they come into the community. Uh, so I think it's important to, rather than just get to, you know, do I think we should relax the restrictions? It's important to say, where are we um, in, the, uh, in the restrictions? And then to answer the question, which is, yes, I think we should relax uh, some of those restrictions uh, that we have in Atlantic Canada. And not you know, um, not to the detriment, I suppose, of, uh, of the public health orders that are in place. Um, but, uh, but you would think that there would be some benefit for Atlantic Canada in particular, who are, you know, there are many people uh, who are still suffering, uh, who are unemployed. There are many businesses that are, uh, that are suffering. Um, we have to be careful. We have to be cautious. But at the same time, is there something we can do to help those businesses uh, recover uh, after you know if they were closed for months on end or have suffered because customers have uh, have not come back? So sorry, that was a really long answer to your question. No, no, that's absolutely fine, and it it makes me it makes me think. Um, you know, so we you know there's different ways. It makes me think about the ways we can loosen restrictions, and this is an Atlantic Canadian. Thing, not just to Halifax or Nova Scotia or St. John right. uh, issue is, you know, we, we can loosen the restrictions around, you know, people in office spaces. We can loosen restrictions around, you know, the, the number of people we let into restaurants. And we know that's going to become an issue. It already is an issue because the patio season, uh, <laughs> I, I like to laugh, the patio season in St. John because of the fog. Uh, right. is, 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 is a short, is a shorter thing than it is in other, uh, Atlantic Canadian uh, cities. Well, at least, uh, with, with Halifax, Fredericton, uh, Moncton and, uh, and St. John. Um, but at the same time, you know, people still do enjoy patio culture here. That's coming to an end. We're going to have to get people inside the restaurants. And obviously the question turns to, uh, can we get enough people into those restaurants to keep the, keep the, the, you know, the, those businesses going throughout the winter? Um, like for you, what are kind of the priorities for you and where do you think we should look at loosening restrictions for, from well, the office yeah. perspective of just getting people back downtown and also yeah. what we do for those street level businesses that need, need people in them? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've touched on, I touched on some of those already, which are, uh, you know, in uh, uh, right now, you're theoretically allowed approximately two people in an elevator. Um, you know, when I speak to some of the folks in, in office towers uh, in, uh, in Halifax, uh, they would say to me, if there's only two people allowed in an elevator, I'm unable to get everybody upstairs in a timely way and unable to get everybody downstairs at the end of the day in a timely way. People will be waiting uh, significant amounts of time uh, to go up and down. Well, an elevator is a public space, as is a lobby of, a, of an office tower. You need to wear a mask. If we're wearing masks, can we not put four people on an elevator? You know, that's that's sort of a simple thing to do. Um, we do have the two meters of, uh, of physical distancing uh, required in uh, in office space. Could we reduce that? And I, I do understand when I, you know, when I speak to the public health people, they would say, if you reduce it to one meter, you do not have um, the uh, the required distance that, you know, that moistness that people talk about um, can uh, can transfer uh, during uh, you know during a conversation, um, but the reality is that cases are driven by proximity and time. So if you're facing somebody for um, you know with one meter for a, a period of time uh, and having a conversation with them, um, then yes, perhaps there's going to be uh, there's going to be proximity. But if an office, you know, if a desk is one meter and you're faced the other way. Um, I think there's things we could do to again let people into uh, let people back into their offices. Um, in Nova Scotia today, it's October 1st. Um, they relaxed the rules um, about uh, folks gathering together to do performing arts. So you can now put 50 people on a stage or 50 people in a location for a performing arts event. Um, but you're not allowed to have 50 people in a restaurant. I mean, there are restaurants that can't hold 50 people. Uh, just in general, because they're small restaurants, um, and they can certainly not hold them given the two meters of distancing between each table. So is there a way that we could reduce that two meters of physical distancing in a restaurant in a time when we have, and I, I continue to say this, and I know people get upset when I say effectively no cases, but if there's no community spread, then we have effectively no cases, right? I mean, um, uh, so there are, you know, there are some specific things we could do to loosen some of those restrictions to allow restaurants, which, you know, and obviously I'm most familiar with the regulations in Nova Scotia, the government would say, well, you can go back to 100% occupancy at a restaurant. And the restaurateurs would say, but you've told me I have to have two meters of physical distancing between each table and therefore I'm unable to do that. I called a restaurant uh, uh, last night to make a reservation for Saturday night for uh, four people, uh, my wife and uh, myself and two others. And I was quite surprised by their response. They said, we're only taking reservations for groups of eight. And I said, oh, why are you doing that? And they said, well, because if we have to have only four people at a table or two people at a table, we, we can't put enough people in the restaurant. We have to have eight people at a table um, in order to kind of have the restaurant open, which I thought was really, uh, really, really interesting and insightful. Um, so that, you know, there are some specific things that we can do that are little things. Um, and, you know, I congratulate the government on allowing performing arts to get back together in groups of 50. But let's not forget the business community who's been supporting this, you know, all the way along. Um, what's the benefit for Atlantic Canada in a time of very low cases in a time of quarantine for anyone who's coming in and in a time where we have you know 
effectively zero community spread. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know how you feel, Patrick, about this, but I it it also um, you know because we're we're unwilling to 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 loosen restrictions and and we I noticed just in you talking and I do the, exactly the same thing. We almost feel apologetic when we say you know they're effectively you know no cases and and no community spread we because we're we're in we've been in that environment for several months now we're all being hyper cautious uh and i i do find that any anybody who you know openly advocates for loosening things you you, you, hate to say but you almost feel like you're you almost feel careless right that's uh how, how how i feel anyway myself i almost feel like am i being am i not being sensitive enough to you know the seriousness of this and you know, and and I know in 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 St. John, uh, in in other in other cities, like I just know my own patterns. And there's a couple of restaurants I know in particular that are really popular, and they still haven't they still haven't opened. They're quite small, and and so they they're operating takeout. And you know, I see the the darkened restaurant behind them when I go to pick up my my lunch. And uh, you know, there's another restaurant that's it's not it's actually even more extreme than. The one you're talking about that'll only book uh, tables of eight. This one will is is only opening for special bookings, like they're calling them. So right. I can't remember. It's like bubble bookings or something like yeah. that, where you can you can ba- essentially you know have the restaurant to yourself because they just want to start getting people in. Um, and you know, I was in another restaurant last week uh, where they could have had more people in. Um, but there was only a couple tables seated and it was a really popular lunchtime restaurant. So I, I guess what I'm kind of like trying to get at and ask you about is there are the restrictions you put in place, but then there's the social impact of those restrictions. So I think I truly think that there are a lot of people that aren't going back into those restaurants in part because they're not working uptown right now in St. John, but also in part, they don't, they don't feel safe, right? Everybody's gotten used to yeah. feeling like, okay, I'm comfortable eating on a patio now, but I've had a lot of people say to me, I don't, I don't feel comfortable going back into a restaurant right now. And, and a lot of it, I think, does have to do with the fact that we've been so hyper cautious that we're actually psychologically having a difficult time loosening up. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, fear is a great motivator, you know, and uh, for the longest time. Uh, we've been afraid um, and we've been told to be afraid. And I, I'm certainly not advocating, you know, as you as you pointed out, uh, I don't want to be seen as the guy who's saying, you know, get out there and, you know, don't worry about anything. That's absolutely not the case. We're, we're in a unique time. We're in a time of a pandemic. We need to be careful. We need to be cautious. We can do it safely. And I don't really think people understand how special it is right now in inside the Atlantic bubble. Um, you know, all of the health authorities, all of the politicians have told us that uh, COVID's going to be here for months and more months, if not years. It's not going away. We're, we need to um, we need to live with it. It doesn't it doesn't mean that we should abandon uh, you know our cautious behavior. I'm. It's interesting, you know, as you as you said, you know, we apologize for uh, we seem to apologize for for saying let's go out and uh, you know let's let's participate in the economy. Um, the problem we have, and I, I get accused of this fairly often uh, by uh, by people of saying, you know, they're saying, you're saying, forget about the health, you know, 
It's, uh, it's the economy and it's small business and don't worry about the public. It's just the opposite. I mean, our feeling is just the opposite. The reality is we're in a health crisis and we're going to be in a health crisis for a long time, but we're also in an economic crisis. And although people may, may not think they're directly impacted, they are absolutely directly impacted. Again, I'm, I'm more familiar with the Nova Scotia statistics, but in July, there were 40,000 less people working in Nova Scotia than there were a year ago. You know, I, I uh, interviewed the, uh, the CEO of the Halifax International Airport Authority yesterday, uh, and uh, there are 5,600 people that work in and around the Halifax airport. And the expectation is that roughly 50% of them will are currently laid off or will be laid off uh, pretty, pretty soon. You know, that's over 2,500 people just at the airport uh, that, are, uh, that are unemployed. Um, Nova Scotia has a deficit of now over $800 million, which ultimately uh, will have to be paid down at some time. I'm certainly not suggesting we try to do it today. Um, so, you know, there's all of the economic pain that I don't know people see every day. Um, there's clearly the health pain. I mean, there have been people personally impacted uh, by uh, by COVID um, and their families, and and we should, you know, we should be sympathetic and and we obviously care about those uh, those people. Um, but you know, we have to be cautious. At the same time, we are in a unique place, and and if we continue to hear our health authorities, you know, say, you know, stay home, uh, then we're going to stay home. You know, I, I heard um, Premier Higgs say um, not more than a day or two ago uh, that you need to be cautious uh, at airports. And he's concerned about, you know, wants to investigate airports. Um, he actually referred to the Halifax airport uh, when he was referring to cases coming into, uh, uh, into the Atlantic provinces. The reality is there has been zero evidence of any transmission on a plane in North America of COVID-19. And yet, you know, we hear from the media, with all due respect, uh, we, you know, we hear from the media, um, a plane, you know, a WestJet flight of this number came into Halifax um, and, you know, folks may have been exposed to COVID. Uh, an Air Canada flight came into Charlottetown and people may have been exposed to COVID. The reality is we're wearing masks on the plane. We have to wear masks when we go into the terminal. We're now at the Halifax International Airport. They're now checking for temperature and there have been zero, there, there is zero evidence of transmission on an aircraft or at an airport uh, in North America um, while people have been wearing masks. So, you know, we have to be cautious. We have to be careful. I'm not you know, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, yelling and screaming from the top of my lungs that uh, that we need to get back to the office. But if we can do things safely, um, can we take advantage of that unique position that we find ourselves in in the Atlantic bubble? With that unique position, uh, we've all become you know, fairly protective about about the Atlantic bubble and 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 proud of it in some way, right? Um, trying to encourage you know, staycations and tourism within the region, travel within the region. You know, I hearing you talk about, about the airports and, and they're suffering all over the region, right? There are, and it's, yeah. I mean, it's a global issue right now, yeah. but it, on that, do you, should we be loosening restrictions on, on business travel and even tourism travel uh, from outside the Atlantic bubble into here? 
Should, should we be loosening things that way? Well, now you're getting to the really controversial topics, um, which, which frankly, I'm not afraid to weigh in on. Uh, so, uh, you know, people, people were saying all summer, uh, what about tourism? What about tourism? And, and clearly the tourism industry across the Atlantic region has suffered and, and continues to suffer. You know, that was the summer uh, in, uh, in Atlantic Canada is a time for many of those businesses to make money. And they did not, uh, you know, typically make enough money. Uh, this summer to kind of get them through to the fall. Um, again, you know, using Nova Scotia statistics, there are typically 500,000 um, room nights uh, for business travelers uh, in uh, in Nova Scotia on an annual basis. Now, are people traveling as much as they were? No, they're not. But they're clearly not traveling to Nova Scotia uh, or the, the Atlantic provinces uh, for vacations. Uh, you know, short short-term vacations, I should say, or business travel typically at all uh, right now because of the 14-day quarantine. So, you know, should should we open the bubble? Well, you know, when I look at the statistics from other provinces, uh, the number of cases uh, on a per 100,000 basis are actually fairly small, but it does appear that, that public opinion in Atlantic Canada uh, is uh, is one that we should not, uh, you know, open the bubble. Um, I guess I'm, you know, I'm torn. I think, I think I'm, I'm somewhat defeated a little bit by opening the bubble. Um, although I believe we can do it safely by having testing or perhaps, um, uh, you know, reducing the quarantine and having some combination of quarantine and testing, uh, you know, during someone's quarantine period. Uh, but I guess I've kind of gone the other way now to say, well, if we can't do that, then let's at least take advantage of what we have, which is inside the bubble let's you know let's utilize um or re reduce i suppose some of those restrictions so that we can take sort of better advantage of uh, of again where we are and i and i guess i would say this seems to me i mean this covid is not going away and atlantic canada is in a unique place is there could there be a better time to attract businesses people um to atlantic canada to you know, help with our economy by saying to somebody who's got a business in the United States, isn't this time for you to open a plant in New Brunswick or open a plant in uh, in Nova Scotia? Or, you know, I'm certainly hearing from realtors in Nova Scotia that they're now getting people from Ontario who are buying homes here, sight unseen, although perhaps doing it on FaceTime, um, sight unseen, buying the home and then moving down here, isolating for two weeks. And then working from home because they're working from home in Ontario and capitalizing on uh, on whatever um, uh, additional, uh, I suppose, uh, money they would have made by selling a more expensive home in that region and buying a less expensive home in this region. So um, to answer your question directly, um, you know, you need to look at the numbers per 100,000 in those other regions. Uh, and, um, you know, but I think people are against opening uh, the uh, the bubble right now. So let's take advantage of of everything we can inside the bubble uh, as we're uh, as we're in that unique place. It's interesting. I've heard the same thing uh, here here in New Brunswick and and certain through reporters in Halifax about you know, taking advantage of the good position we're in. Uh, you know, recruit companies to come in here because it makes sense to be here. Um, why not leverage the success of having created a safe environment here? Uh, to bring in companies and and people, and I've heard the same thing about 
uh, from real estate agents and even you know one one uh, you know person who owns a, a furniture shop uh, and home decor shop told me last week that you know al- almost uh, most of her clients over the last a month or two have been people coming in from outside buying homes and needing to furnish them. So kind of hearing that kind of anecdotal, uh, those anecdotal um, stories from both agents and and shop owners. And uh, it makes me wonder, Patrick, because I know it's a different challenge for Halifax than it is for, you know, cities in New Brunswick because of the, the size of Halifax. So you're, you are able to attract a lot of people to move in there with a large student population, immigrant population. Um, but we're always trying to attract more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it's a big conversation in the Maritimes, right? Around yeah. labor supply and, 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 and population size for markets. And, uh, it'd be interesting if COVID uh, coming out of this, uh, pandemic, if there's a statistical difference there, uh, cause you know, yeah. we're always talking about the, uh, the advantages of, of, you know, living and working in the Maritimes apart from COVID, right? We talk about yeah. lifestyle. We talk about, you know, shorter commutes. We talk about, you know, more affordable house prices uh, and the cost of living, um, you know, the the beauty in, of, of Atlantic Canada uh, and the friendliness of Atlantic Canada. Uh, so it'd be interesting if there is some coming out of this that we see actually see some some stats that actually point that we might we might be headed in that direction with with uh, with growing this place uh, coming out of COVID. Yeah, well, I, I think we will. Um, obviously, it's going to take a little while. Um, but you know, if government was to say, "Well, where should we spend a few bucks right now?" Um, I don't think it would hurt to uh, to try to increase, um, you know, uh, the the folks at Nova Scotia Business Inc. or I, is it called Opportunities for Brunswick to to encourage them to uh, to speak to some businesses in some of those other regions uh, to uh, to kind of come down here. Uh, one thing that's been on my mind the last little while, and we're all feeling a little bit of it, um, but as we move back into our offices uh, and and reduce uh, the number of uh, Zoom uh, Zoom meetings we have and Microsoft Team meetings we have, is is that socialization side of it, Patrick? Because I got to tell you, like I last week, um, and I didn't even realize that I'd created my own personal bubble. I mean, I have a young family right now; I have two young kids. And, and, you know, a fairly large extended family. So, you know, we can socialize for a long time together uh, before we realize that uh, we're not, we're not seeing people in the outside world. And uh, I had, I had lunch with a friend last week. And, um, and then I actually, in the same week, I had, you know, supper at a friend's house, uh, my wife and I, and I realized that this was the first time in six months that I was actually spending you know, quality social time with people that weren't my family. <laughs> That's, that might be more of a reflection on me, Patrick. <laughs> but it, but it, but it'll, you know, get, but it makes me realize that there is that very, very important socialization element to this, and that's not just you know on a friend basis, but it's also on you know business development and and networking uh, side of it. Are are you missing that personally? Are you starting to see that come back into your life? You're actually starting to meet with people more in person and see people. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Uh, I mean, we at the chamber uh, have uh, have done a couple of in-person events, and it was it was quite interesting. I think we had our first in-person event uh, at the end of July, beginning of August, um, on a patio uh, on a uh, on a, the rooftop of a hotel, um, and it was a networking event. We limited it to fifty people, which I think was the uh, the required number or the the maximum number uh, at that uh, at that point. Um, and it sold out. I mean, we posted it. There was no cost, but it effectively sold out in three hours. 
So there was clearly a bit of a pent up demand, I think, uh, for people to get out uh, and see other people. Of course, we did it safely. Um, you know, we had masks on unless you were uh, having a glass of wine uh, and encouraged people to physically distance. Um, and we've done a second event. We have a golf tournament, uh, which we can talk more about. Uh, I know you're such an avid golfer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so we have a golf tournament next week. So, you know, we're, we're trying to have a bit of um, a bit of return uh, to the opportunity for people to uh, to network and 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 get to see other people. It, it is really tough, you know. Um, I know there are many people who have become very comfortable. I think, um, you know, in their own little bubble or working from home and doing those Zoom calls. Um, and it, it, you know, there are people who are anxious to get out, but there are also people who I think have kind of said, "Gee, you know, this isn't this isn't so bad." Um, it, you know. People are now asking me, well, gee, you know, is this going to impact real estate markets? And are people going to get rid of their offices and, and those kinds of things? You know, it's probably worked out okay for us now, um, given that we all have a bit of a social network. Uh, but establishing that social network, if you're a, if you're a new uh, employee, you know, so I think of the folks that may have been hired at a law firm or may have been hired at an accounting firm or even at, you know, some of the larger employers in downtown Halifax. Um, this spring or this summer or now this fall after graduating. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're left doing Zoom calls uh, with, their, with their peers. Um, it's hard to establish that infrastructure and that network and that support, I think, um, if, you're not, if you're not face-to-face. It's not impossible, but, it, it, you know, it's tougher to do. So, no, I do think there's a lot of enthusiasm uh, for people to kind of get back out uh, and uh, reestablish some of those networks. No, and, and, and we'd be actually one of those companies that experienced that because, you know, we were, uh, we were super excited to, you know, open, open our Halifax office in, in the spring. And, you know, we hired, uh, you know, two reporters and, and, a, and a salesperson and, uh, we put them on the ground, uh, and it would have been, you know, we, we started in late February, early March and, you know, they, 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 you know, got space at Volta and, you know, we're super excited to jump into that culture uh, you know, downtown and, and, uh, and that it gives by, you know, being and living and working in the, in that, in that core, whether you're in Dartmouth or whether you're in Halifax. And, and then we, we went right away into lockdown, um, you know, and Patrick on a personal level, I was super excited because I was, I'm a, a huge, uh, I, well, I love Halifax. It, it, it feels like a second home to me. I, yeah. I was a university student there. Uh, I spent the first several years of my work life, uh, in downtown Halifax and Dartmouth and, and I've always felt, I'm being, you know, I'll be a little honest. I, 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 I love, I love St. John. I grew up here and, but my second love has always been Halifax. And so I was geared up to, you know, to you make as many trips to Halifax as I could, um, to spend time there and get to know people there and, you know, uh, you know, nurture the publication in that city. And then all of a sudden we went into lockdown and that's why I'm really excited. I mean, I know you were just teasing me about about golfing because I know <laughs> we both share an insecurity around our uh, our ability to work, make our way around the course. Um, but uh, you know, we're we're coming over. A couple of us are coming over next week, and we're going to join our our Halifax based reporters in that tournament that you're putting on. And but you know, that's that's a big deal, right? Because they're the yeah. the very thing we wanted to do was get out 
and get to know people and get to know the community. And that's as Maritimers, we're accustomed to that being face to face. Right. Right. And uh, so I totally get it. We're definitely in that, that same, that, that, that same mode for sure. Um, and but it makes me wonder how all of this is going to evolve and develop Patrick in terms of, cause I know we're having all kinds of discussions about, uh, you know, what, what is the office of the future going to look like? Are we going to need bigger office spaces? Um, mm-hmm. Are people going to work more from out of home? Um, is there a strategic advantage for the Maritimes to, to be able to uh, employ people, employ more people because they don't, they can work for companies elsewhere, but be right. here. Right. And how do, how do you see all that kind of evolving? Like, do you have a sense of where we're going yet with that? You know, I, I don't know that I do because I, I think I've heard so many mixed messages. You know, I've, I've heard folks who say they need more office space uh, because uh, they want to maintain the two meters of physical distancing. I've heard people say they need less office space because people are going to work from home. Um, I have heard, just as you described, you know, uh, folks are, are moving uh, to uh, to uh, the Maritimes, really. Um, you know, I uh, and uh, moving to the Maritimes from uh, from other from other provinces and, and are working from home uh, to support you know whatever organization they uh, they work with uh, from uh, from here. So you know, I I don't know that it's settled out yet. Um, I think there's no doubt that you know every every time there's a you know a change, a significant change. So, you know, I think back to 2009, 2010, um, uh, or 2008, I suppose, 2008, 2009, when there was the last sort of big recession happened, you know, you had, you had some folks downsizing, you had some folks reducing office space, you had some people thinking about, you know, different ways to work. Um, so I think, I think that happens uh, on an, on kind of an occasional basis, more in the private sector than the, uh, than the public sector. Um, you know, I, I think there, there could be more working from home, um, from the, uh, from the public sector. Uh, you know, I don't know that I'm enthusiastic about, uh, the public sector working from home. Um, you know, we, we've all had to do it, but, um, you know, I think, I think generally, uh, you know, we have a very large public sector in, in all of the Atlantic provinces. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they provide a lot of support to the, uh, to the private sector in terms of the, the businesses and the restaurants and, and all of those kinds of things. So I don't know that I'd like to see those folks at home for a really, really long time. Um, you know, and uh, I, I guess I'm kind of going off on a bit of a tangent here, but, you know, part of the issue is, you know, we are hearing national mandates from national organizations, you know, talking about, you know, you can stay home until March or you can stay home until December and, and these kinds of things. When again, we're in that special unique place in the Maritimes, um, you know, uh, and uh, we're not in Ontario where there's currently 5,000 cases. Uh, so, you know, I am a little concerned about some of those national organizations and the mandates they're kind of placing across uh, all of the offices that they have across Canada. Right, because you would have companies that were located elsewhere that would have try to have uniform policies right across right. the country. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, well, thanks very much, Patrick. I really appreciate this. Um, I have to ask, though, as we you know, as we kind of wrap up here, how do you how do you feel about all this? Do you do you feel optimistic? Like, do you do you feel like the government? And it's not just a Nova Scotia government, but it's also New Brunswick. It's PEI. It's it's Newfoundland. Do you do you get a feeling like? we could see some restrictions with, with the government officials you talk to and the politicians you talk to? Uh, some restrictions lifted, you mean? Or Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, listen, I mean, I think I feel really great about the way government and business and the community have, have all worked together during this. Um, clearly, no one's ever seen anything like this before. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's hard to, to say, you know, this group or that group uh, should have done things differently. Uh, clearly, we're in a time where everybody's going to make a mistake. Um, you know, and we're all learning from this and people are understandably, and I guess I'm thinking of our public health officials, really, um, they're understandably cautious as they look at, uh, as they look at other markets. Um, so, you know, I, I think we are in that special place in Atlantic Canada. We need to, sadly, and I don't, you know, I, I don't say this with enthusiasm. We need to be comfortable that there are going to be cases in Atlantic Canada because it will happen, right? The objective of, you know, what, what started out as we need to limit spread, we need to protect uh, our hospitals to ensure that they can handle um, the flood of expected patients, and we need to protect, you know, Nova Scotians and New Brunswickers and Prince Edward Island, uh, our folks from Prince Edward Island, you know, has now become, we need to get this to zero before we can do anything. Uh, and, uh, and I think that that's a bit... Um, misguided. Uh, I think it's overly cautious. Um, you know, certainly politicians and healthcare uh, officials have said there needs to be a balance between um, healthcare and the economy. Uh, so I would like to see a little more balance. I think right this minute, it's a little skewed to the health side. And I understand why, you know, but again, we're not in a situation where we're trying to revive the economy um, to the exclusion of health. Uh, we are in a healthcare crisis and we're in an economic crisis. We need to balance this uh, and we need to adjust uh, to, uh, to ensure that, that people have livelihoods and have jobs uh, as, they, uh, as they move forward and can afford to feed their families. You know, the one bright spot I guess I've heard in the last few days is that Canada has purchased 7 million um, uh, fast tests, which can provide a response inside of 15 minutes. Um, and Health Canada approved that test. Um, you know, with that, what could that change for Atlantic Canada? You know, could that allow people to arrive in Atlantic Canada to have a test in 15 minutes? Um, I don't know what you'd do with them if they were positive, but there are hotels around the airport, uh, you know, and if they're, if they're not positive, you know, they could have lunch with me this afternoon and get back on a plane to Ontario. Um, you know, what a difference could that make to our economy down here to really take advantage of the position we have, which is low to no cases. Um, and people could come down here for business or live here, go off to do business and come back. So, you know, to answer your question, sorry, I'm going on again. Answer your question. I, we're in a bad time, but I, I do feel fairly optimistic. Yeah, I know. And another issue that we haven't, we, we actually haven't really discussed um, is also, you know, that at, at one time or another, we're going to have to, we're going to see the the program start to wind up. Uh, right. And I do know, you know, the, the wage subsidy program has been extended until next summer. And sometimes I wonder if that also creates a, a false, even a false sense of confidence in, in the general public of, you know, we can, we can keep being, um, you know, ultra safe, uh, because the businesses are all fine. They have wage subsidies. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we're going to, we're going to see the long-term impact of that in terms of, 
uh, you know, deficits and debt, obviously at the at, at the federal level. Um, but do you do you almost do you get that sense from people of almost a false sense of security around the economy? Well, and yeah, I'm not I mean, talking I about think, the business owners themselves. Yeah, I'm thinking more of the general. Oh no, public. no, I, I think people are blissfully unaware of the you know of the of the immediate uh, you know there's not an immediate impact, right? I mean, you know, and again, Nova Scotia had an 800 million dollar deficit. Well, what does that mean to any Nova Scotian, really? I mean, well, it just means that you know you you owe effectively about a hundred dollars per person. Sorry, a hundred dollars per person, eight hundred dollars per person. You know, there's a million there's a million people in Nova Scotia. Uh, so at some point that's got to be paid back. Um, you know, so people, yes, people don't really understand. I mean, we're beneficiaries at the Halifax chamber of commerce of the wage subsidy. And, and I'm very pleased that we are because we have been able to keep our staff. Our staff are still working. We're still providing value for our members. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, enthusiastic about that. Um, and, and I wouldn't like to think what would happen if we, you know, if we didn't have that wage subsidy, um, and I think perhaps our staff are a little more aware of what's going on uh, out there. But no, I, I think people don't quite understand uh, the impact uh, that this has had economically. They clearly understand the health side. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it will, you know, the chickens will come home to roost at some point. We're not at that point yet. Uh, we're still trying to battle our way through this. Uh, and in other regions of Canada, you know, they're, they're seeing upticks. Um, and clearly in the United States, I mean, the pandemic does seem to be slightly out of control. Uh, you know, so there needs to be, there needs to be a response there, but you know, this isn't going away. Um, we, we need to live with it. We need to have fast tests. Um, we, you know, we need to, we need to remain cautious. Um, and, and if we do that, I think we can live with this terrible disease safely. Well, thank you very much, Patrick. Uh, I have to ask, uh, I, did you get your restaurant under res reservation for Saturday? Are you able to go out? Did you find uh, a party I, of eight? I, I did not. No, I couldn't find four other people to come with me. Uh, so uh, so uh, we decided we'd do takeout. Uh, and the restaurant that uh, was only taking reservations for eight were happy to do takeout for me. So we'll just call on Saturday night and do our takeout and take it home. And, and hopefully you have a, a, a nice night on Saturday night. You can eat outdoors. Well, yes, that's well, we can eat indoors. I think, you know, again, there's very few cases. So I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable. It is my sister and her husband. So I feel okay. Pretty yeah, I was thinking as much of just try, trying to enjoy these these uh, dying days of the well, summer and the true. early fall. Because yeah, right. I, I walked to work this morning, and it was sunny and hot and I'd overdressed. And I was like, <laughs> you gotta, I guess I shouldn't say goodbye to, to um, summer and the outdoors so quickly. No, not yet. And on that note, Patrick, because I'll, I'll close on this, I do look forward to being in Halifax next week and uh, and and playing golf. It's going to be nice to to uh, to be out and enjoying, uh, hopefully, a nice day in Halifax. Yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun, and we've in fact invested in some technology so everyone can, I think, see everyone on the course's scores throughout the game. So I'll be keeping a close eye on yours, Mark. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, Patrick. All right, and we'll see you. you next week. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you soon. You've been listening to the latest episode of Huddle Home Office, and that was my conversation with uh, Patrick Sullivan, CEO of the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. And thank you very much, Patrick, for joining us. The Huddle Home Office is produced by me, Mark Legere, Sharice Letson, and Tyler McLean. And you can subscribe to Home Office on uh, your favorite podcast uh, platform. It might be Stitcher, Apple Podcast, 
Spotify or Google Play, but please go and subscribe and uh, and listen to past episodes of, of Huddle Home Office if you're new to it. And we will talk to you next week.